Hey there. I thought I would do a real quick bonus episode because I have gotten the same question like five times today. <laughs> I've had several people text me. I guess it's just that time of the year. I had several friends text me the same question and I had several questions in some Facebook groups. People ask me this question. So I thought I would just go ahead and just throw up a real quick episode and just make it just down and dirty. Okay, so the question is, I'm seeing a striped beetle in my stuff, and I just have, so happen to see it as well, and I um, posted something, and I said, this is a cucumber beetle. Someone said, oh, I have this on my leaves too. What can I do? What should I spray them with? Neem oil? Question mark. And so this was my response from some texts and the answers that I gave on a post in Facebook. But I basically said, I use companion planting and biological controls. This formula will work for just about anything. A basic formula of what I would do. I use uh, companion planting and biological controls. This formula will work for just about anything. First, find out what the pest is. There are several Facebook groups that you can take a picture of whatever that bug is and post it on there and they will throw out some ideas of what it is. It's up to you really to go look it up and see if that's the bug you have in your garden. It's not like with a plant. So with a plant, it's a little bit different story, especially if it's something that you're gonna eat or use for a medicinal use or if you're gonna take it internally. Um, but I basically do the same thing. I will try to identify that plant in a plant identification Facebook group. Getting back to the bugs. So you go identify what that bug is. You go do a Google search. You ask, what is the natural predator? You can ask Siri or Alexa or Echo or whoever, what is the natural predator for this pest? What's the natural enemy for this pest? And then it'll tell you what that natural enemy is. So I find out that the predator, in this case, it was a cucumber beetle. And I do not try to remember all of this. <laughs> I keep it, that's why I do a plant folio. And these are the things that I say to put in a plant folio. Let's see, what was that episode? I'm just gonna send you back to that episode. Okay, where is that? Okay, that's episode 23. I'm finding out that that's one that I refer back to quite a lot. And it does seem like a lot of work to do that, but um, I highly recommend you do it. Okay, so. So you go find out that the natural enemy for the cucumber beetle is nematodes because when they're in their larva, larva state in the ground, nematodes, they're microscopic organisms that kind of look like an earthworm. When I look at them under the microscope, they're just a round worm. You can buy these in the store, like you go to the organic section of your nursery and um, ask them if they have beneficial nematodes. There are such things as bad nematodes, but we're talking about beneficial nematodes. And you can just spray that in your yard and it'll get rid of all the grub worms. You know, they basically parasitize them. I can't talk today. <laughs> um, but they will basically work their way in through the mouth parts or the anus of these grub worms. It could be the larva of a fire ant. This is what I use. I make my own compost. I have beneficial nematodes in there 
and uh, that all goes back to beneficial nematodes grow in an aerobic environment and bad nematodes grow in an anaerobic environment. And so if you've got really good soil, you should probably have nematodes in your soil. But the other natural enemy for the cucumber beetle is soldier beetles and parasitic wasps. So you find out what plants these natural predators that like to prey on the pest eat, um, where they like to hang out. So I call it hanging the welcome sign. And you can go back to, let's see what episode that was, companion planting. That is episode eight. I explained this in great detail in that episode, but I just wanted to do a real quick one on this. And then there's some indiscriminate killers. Can I talk about that book in that episode eight on companion planting by Sally Jean Cunningham? If you're not doing that right now, it might be a little too late, and I'm going to tell you what to do, um, like right now. Like, you know, what's a reactive way to approach this. Uh, what I'm talking about with the companion planting and building healthy soil that prevents a lot of these pests, that's a proactive thing to do. But sometimes we have to be reactive. A lot of our lives, we're in the reactive quadrant of our lives. But anyway, this is what you can do if you're not already doing companion planting. Then if you're, so what I said is if you're in a real bind, don't and you don't want to spray poisons on your food, you can hand pick them off, which that's always an option, or you can use diatomaceous earth, or people call it DE, and use food grade. This is a ground up cilious sedimentary rock, and basically it nicks their exoskeleton. And that there are skeletons on the outside of their body and everything else is on the inside. And basically, it just dehydrates them to death. So some people take this in third world countries for parasites in the gut. And some people feed it to their livestock for the same reason. I know I've heard you can give it to chickens. But I know I have put this on fire ants. When we're going to have people come over and I don't have anything growing there. So I don't have any reason to use compost tea or compost extract or compost over in the fire pit area, but man, they love to get around rocks and they love to get around stumps. So I will use diatomaceous earth there. That's why I have a bag of diatomaceous earth. I hardly ever use it in the garden because it's an indiscriminate killer. If you put that diatomaceous earth down, it's going to kill everything. It's going to kill the good bugs and the bad bugs. And it's the same thing with this next remedy is uh, use some kind of edible oil. Part of the question on this Facebook post was to use neem oil. They were question, they were asking the question. That was neem oil, question mark. I didn't say anything about neem oil. And so I want to answer that right now. I recommended lemongrass oil. So I looked it up real quick. I don't usually use neem oil. I've never bought neem oil, but I hear a lot of people talk about it. So I asked Siri real quick, are there any harmful side effects to neem oil? And there were some. And so I asked, are there any harmful side effects to lemongrass oil? It pulled up WebMD. Whenever I look at WebMD and it says something like there's not enough information, there's not enough evidence, that usually means they don't have anything to report. 
because a lot of people don't eat it or they haven't ever heard of anything that's a side effect. So just like with anything else, there's everybody's allergic to something. I love lavender. I could eat it. I could bathe in it. I could wear it all the time if it didn't make me so relaxed. But there's some people that could be allergic to lavender. So you have to kind of be aware that there are some things that you may have a really bad reaction to and for somebody else it's just fine. So I would say neem oil is probably safe because you're just going to dilute it down. I would use, personally, I would use lemongrass oil. But whatever, it, it's any kind of oil, really, that's edible, that's not poisonous. So they breathe through their exoskeleton and it just kind of suffocates them. They can't breathe and then they just fall over dead. Well, let me say this too. I said in this post that I don't recommend BT. That's Bacillus thuringiensis. When I went through the Master Gardeners class, they really recommended uh, Bacillus thuringiensis because it's all natural. So in our organic section, uh, which I talk about when, in my path into gardening when I took the Master Gardeners class, they said to use that for organic controls because it's all natural. Bacillus thuringiensis, it is in fact all natural. It's a bacteria and it occurs naturally in nature. Although it is all natural, I found several websites that said that it causes leaky gut for humans. You know, as usual, our science, our big scientists at the big universities that are teaching big ag um, just have, re have really practiced reductionism and said, oh, well, this is all natural, so it must be good. Let's just douse everything in it. How it kills the pests is it, this bacteria gets inside their stomach and just bursts them from the inside out. Well, leaky gut makes sense to me. I am not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. But I did see, and I'll try to find this article so I can put it in these show notes. It might take me a little bit because I just really want to throw this up. And I've already gone past 10 minutes here. <laughs> but uh, I just don't recommend it. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, I just use BT. And if you go to the organic store, they're going to encourage you to buy BT or Bacillus thuringiensis because it is one of those organically approved substances that you can use and call your food, sell, you know, get a certification, get a stamp of approval from the government and say it's all natural, so it must be good. Well, I mean, so is arsenic, <laughs> you know? Okay, whatever. It's like a little bit is good, so let's just douse everything in it. Anyway, the plants that will attract those predators that I said um, to prey on the cucumber beetles. I thought I'd just throw that in there real quick. Okay, you might hear my mouse clicking here for a second. So one of them was parasitic wasps. And again, parasitic wasps are so tiny that you can hardly even see them. I have heard that they don't sting you. I've never been stung by one, and if I was, I didn't know it. But um, here's the list. It's, it's a long list, and since we do edible landscaping, all of these are mostly flowers, and I don't mind them at all being in the garden. So we have angelica, anise, um, caraway, catnip, chamomile, um, excuse me, yeah, German chamomile and Roman chamomile, chervil, curry plant, there's a lot, dill, fennel, uh, lavender, love lavender, and nasturtiums, parsley, rue, sweet annie, sweet sicily, 
bee balms, gay feathers, which has another name. I think it's Leatris. Hardy Marguerite, Painted Daisy, Purple Coneflowers, Sea Hollies, Yarrows, Black Eyed Susans, Cosmos, Marigolds, Mexican Sunflower, Common Sunflower, Zinnias, Buttercups, uh, Lamb's Quarters, Wild Mustard, Queen Anne's Lace, Red Sorrel, Alfalfa, Buckwheat, and Clovers. Okay, that was for parasitic wasps. The other thing was soldier beetles. I have Calliopsis, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Gazania, Mexican Sunflower, and then the other ones are, the, there's some indiscriminate killers. <laughs> They're very competitive. They will just about eat whatever, but praying mantids. And basically, praying mantids are really shy, and they just like to hide. But I have purple coneflowers. I see them all over the place. They just really like a place to shelter. Uh, let's see. What's another really indiscriminate killer? And nematodes. Uh, nematodes basically will eat any kind of larvae that are in the ground. And you want to have the beneficial nematodes. Again, that just goes back to if you have good, aerobic, healthy soil, you're going to have nematodes. I can see them because I look under the microscope, but I don't really look under the microscope so much anymore. I can kind of, I have a, a method that I'm going to talk about later, and I can use my five senses, well, except for taste. I don't taste the soil, but I can tell if the soil is good aerated soil, and aerobic means aerated. So if you've got good, healthy soil, then you're going to have beneficial nematodes. And a lot of people think nematodes are bad, but they're not all created equal. The bad nematodes or the root knot nematodes, those grow in anaerobic soil, compacted soil, soil that is without air. And I can just tell by looking at my soil or if I step on the soil and it feels like I'm crushing the, the air that's in there. Anyway, you can buy beneficial nematodes at the organic store or online. But just keep in mind, ask them about the temperatures before you apply it. So if you're having a problem in the middle of July, ask them if this is going to work if the temperatures are outside or 100 degrees. Because I went to go look for a biological solution before I knew all this stuff about the soil food, food web and all that. Um, and doing companion planting and everything that I do. When I went to go buy something for to kill the fire ants, they recommended nematodes. And so they said, but we don't recommend that you do it right now. Because the nematodes are going to go deeper into the soil because it, the temperature of the soil is so hot right now. So if you're in a much milder climate, maybe it's not a concern for you, but I'm here in Texas and I'm here to tell you <laughs> it gets hot in um, pretty soon. It's going to be really hot. And I don't remember what they say the temperature is before the nematodes kind of go down deeper into the ground. So sometimes they appear, sometimes they go away, sometimes they go dormant, you know, maybe in the winter time. I usually see them though at a certain temperature 
when I do my microscope work, I wish that I had been writing down the dates of when I saw what, because sometimes I see them and sometimes I don't from the compost that I make. And from what I'm learning it, from Dr. Elaine Ingham with the Soil Food Web, it just depends on the temperatures. It just depends on what's planted there. Certain plants attract certain things, you know. And that's the other thing. If you have grub worms or you have larvae in your soil, then that's going to attract the beneficial insects or the beneficial microorganisms. Um, let me just go back and say, if you buy ladybugs, and I've said this many, many times before, if you go go buy, go to the organic store and you buy beneficial insects and they have nothing to eat, why would they hang around? And it's the same thing in the soil. If you have a cucumber beetle larva that nematodes like to eat, then they're going to hang around because they have something to eat. But if you try to rid your soil of all the bad bugs, if you try to rid the top of the soil, you know, above the surface of all the bad bugs and the good bugs, why would they even want to hang around? You know, why would you want to go to a barbecue with no barbecue? <laughs> you know, you'd be thinking, hey, I'm going to leave here so I can go grab a burger or I'm going to leave here so I can go to, to the deli, whatever it is. I mean, you, they need something to eat. So don't be thinking about, oh, I got to try to rid my garden of all these bugs that are bothering my plants. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but whenever I, I used to see like a tomato hornworm and if, if I don't see any kind of larva on it, because sometimes a lot of these good bugs, they may not eat that worm, but they'll lay some sort of egg on it. And when the egg hatches open, then that larva will bore its way down into the body of that tomato hornworm and breed, I mean, grow from the inside and it just kind of bursts them open like something you would see in the movie Alien. So I'm really careful now to look for those eggs to make sure that I'm not throwing out the baby with the bathwater, if that makes any sense. So anyway, um, let me tell you one quick story. I know this is getting to the point where I'm not being real quick, but when I went to the school garden that I help with, they had potato gnats and they had just planted some potatoes. They had a bunch of miracle Grow soil. And at the time, I was putting up a trellis because I was doing my companion planting thing. And I had just planted potatoes. And I had I was in my transitional year. Um, and I didn't have good soil. So I went and bought some potting soil and I put it on my potatoes. Well, I had potato gnats at the exact same time. And I didn't do anything. And when I showed up, the principal kind of grabbed me by the arm and said, okay, now don't be mad because one of the parents or one of the coaches or one of the teachers threw seven dust on it. And I just kind of shrugged, you know, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> because they were trying to kill those potato gnats. I had them at the same time that the school had them. And it's just like with the nematodes, things just kind of show up whenever it's the right time, when the temperatures are right and everything starts blooming. But I will tell you that mine just kind of went away and it didn't cause any problems for me. So, 
I would highly recommend that you think in a holistic way, and I don't mean too frou-frou-y, granola crunchy, let's save the planet. I mean, think about why would the good bugs hang around if there's nothing to eat? First of all, there has to be a good balance there. There has to be something that's going to want to invite those good bugs in and if you live in a neighborhood where they're constantly spraying, you know, like these true green trucks or these, you know, lawn care places show up and they spray your neighbor's yard all the time and you're really close together and everybody's doing that, well, you're probably not going to have any bad bugs, but you're not going to have any good bugs either. You're not going to have any pollinators that are going to pollinate. So you just really have to think in a holistic way, in a non fruity free way, <laughs> but you have to think about it as, um, you know, these plants that you're trying to get food from, like a cucumber or a squash plant, they need something to help them pollinate or else they're never going to develop any fruit. And then you have to go in and hand pollinate everything. So just really think twice before you just throw out any kind of pesticide. And when I say pesticide, it doesn't matter whether it's all natural. Whether it's organic or not, it's still a pesticide. If it's toxic, it's a pesticide. If it's all organic and all natural and you can eat it, it's still a pesticide. That means it's indiscriminately killing all the good bugs that would have done the job for you. Anyway, I hope it helps. Y'all have a good week. Bye for now.